you allow him to turn the corner, mama, there goes that man. Puts up the shot. It's good. Kyrie Irving. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome, everyone, to the First Pick Podcast, your source for NBA news-related content. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the First Pick Pod. Now, today's episode, without further ado, we're going to be doing a free agency review. Now, obviously, I feel like all the big names in free agency have already left, have already decided where they're playing. And I kind of just want to give a review of what I think is going to happen. I'm going to go over some trade news that has been breaking down. So this episode is going to be a long one. So grab your snack. Hope you're in a long car ride. Put this podcast on and hope you guys really do enjoy. We're going to be breaking down almost every contract that has been given out this free agency. And and I'm just really excited, man. Before we get started, though, make sure to follow the socials. Now, I do know that Twitter is acting a little weird right now. So if you guys really want consistent updates of content make sure to follow the instagram at the underscore first pick pod i've been doing reviews of players and where they've been going i've been breaking news of players that requested trades and etc so i hope you guys give me a follow over there and if you guys have a chance to be on twitter and don't reach your exceeded limit make sure to follow the first pick pod it's going to be at capital t first pick pod that's going to be the twitter right there and make sure to share this podcast with a friend it helps out a lot helps a lot with the growth i will be in summer league this weekend opening weekend i'm gonna be trying to get a couple nba players to you know just learn about the podcast and grow it out there too so it's it's gonna be really really fun hope you guys enjoy this episode and like i mentioned it's gonna be a longer one so hope you guys are ready for this so with so many contracts being given out I felt like there was no way to really differentiate where I was going to put them in. But I'm just going to go from the person that got the most money to the bottom. Let's just do that. So without further ado, Jeremiah Grant from the Portland Trailblazers secured a five-year, $160 million contract. This was one of the first signings in free agency that opened up on Friday. And it couldn't have come at a worse time. If we're being completely honest, I wanted to go over trade stuff later in the pod, but I feel like I can't beat around the bush here. Damian Lillard requested a trade. Now, when you sign a guy like Jeremy Grant, who I already feel and I voiced in my last episode, not really someone I think deserves this type of money. You already sign him to this type of magnitude of a deal. And then the next day, your franchise player requests out. Portland is in a really, really bad spot contractually wise. But besides that, they have the best, almost a really, really good young core in the league, if I do say so. Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, Chris Murray, etc. They got a bunch of guys over there. So I do like that over there, the, the young core that they're having and whatever they get in return for game. But I do think Jeremy Grant will be a name that is moved, whether it's now in his contract or two years in his contract or next summer or something. I do feel like Jeremy Grant is not going to stay a Portland Trailblazer, but he got the biggest contract of the summer. And I think, I mean, it, it's worth it. You know, it's it's a good contract if he's on a competitive team. But now that he's just there, probably going to be by himself in Portland, the lone star, kind of playing that role he played in Detroit. I really don't feel bad for Jeremy Grant. Next, the Houston Rockets signed Toronto's Fred Van Vliet to a three-year a hundred and thirty million dollar deal 
you want to get specific, it's 128.5, but I would just round it out to 130. That is an insane amount of money for Fred Van Vliet. Now, according to the new CBA, teams have to spend at least 90% of their money. So Houston had to relocate those assets somewhere, and they gave it to Fred Van Vliet. Now, I, I like Fred. I think he's a good player. I think he had a really bad year, though, last year. I think when you're shooting below 40% and you get a max contract worth over $40 million a year, you're the winner. No team is the winner. You're the winner. I think Freddie is the example of that. He's the guy that played a little bad and still got the max contract. Now, I don't like this fit in Houston only because I feel like you just drafted a man Thompson. And I feel like a man Thompson needs shooting around him. Now, I do like that a man is 6'7". But I do feel like a man just needs the ball in his hands as much as he can. And having a guy like Fred, having a guy like Jalen, having a guy like Cam Whitmore, who I mentioned is a score first guy. Shane Goon needs the ball in his hand to be pretty effective. I feel like you're just taking the ball out of your point guard of the future's hand. And I can really stun his growth. So I hope everything turns out good. I can definitely see this being a contract that's valuable towards the end. Like in that last year of his contract and can definitely be valuable. So I, I think Fred Van Vliet is a good player. I think, by the way, I want to get something straight. I am not hating on any of these players because like any of us, if we were offered this amount of money, we would be signing. Where's the paper? I think Fred Van Vliet just took the best deal that was given to him and rightfully so. Undrafted, great story, won a championship. And who knows, maybe he ends up being a better player in Houston and he is a mentor to those young guys. Because if you look at Houston, it's ran like an AAU team and they really want to change that narrative around. Another guy that signed for little less than Fred Van Vliet, surprisingly, Kyrie Irving. He signed quickly into free agency. There was a ton of rumors of him taking meetings with the Suns, the Lakers, Clippers, Miami. But I think all of that was BS and Kyrie ultimately back that up he signed a three-year with Dallas now I do think that he signed a really short-term deal I'm not so sure I will get the information and relate to you guys on another pod but I do think his contract now lines up with Luca or at least it's like a year or two removed from Luca which I think this is now Dallas saying this is our win now opportunity we need to sign as many people as we can I believe they still have their mid-level exception but they're not expected to bring back Christian Wood which I think that Christian Wood is a phenomenal fit next to those guys. I just think you need to work around those three guys in defense, not think of Christian Wood as working around those two guys. I think you need to include Christian Wood into the fold of that type of stuff. But we'll see what Christian Wood lands. He's also one of the few guys that I think deserve to be signed and still hasn't signed. So that's something we got to look out for in the next coming days. Cameron Johnson signed a four-year, $108 million contract to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, a bit of an overpay, I will say that. But I do think they traded Kevin Durant for him. You got to lock him up. And, I mean, he showed a lot of promise in the playoffs. Cameron Johnson, though, is a player that I think, what is his ceiling? Is his ceiling a 20-point-per-game score? Because if it is, then four years, basically 20 to 30 mil a year, that's fine. But, I mean, you still question, like, the, is that really worth it? But nevertheless, great signing for Brooklyn. You kept your guy and, you know, there's no rush for you guys to compete now. And he's still a piece that can, at some point, if you think that it's not going to work out, you can move him. It's a pretty movable salary. 
Next, I have a guy that I kind of slated to go somewhere else, and he shocked me. Kyle Kuzma. He stayed with the Washington Wizards for a four-year, $102 million contract. Now, I actually selfishly love this move for Kuzma. He gets to be one of the focal points of an offense. Him, Poole, Tyus Jones, I think those three are very good players. You can see what you have in Bilal Kulababi. You still have Daniel Gafford. Washington's off to a pretty good rebuild. They traded their two best players last year. They upgraded their guy who was pretty consistent. I think Kuzma averaged 20 points damn near, or at least 20. And then you bring in a guy like Poole who also averaged 20. And then you have a guy, Tyus Jones, who's one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. And then you have Daniel Gafford, who's a pretty good defensive center. I think Washington's off to a great start in their rebuild. Do I think this is a rebuild bottom five in the East? No, I think this is a playing team, actually. I think if all the right pieces fit and they fit quick, I think, yeah, I think this is definitely a playing team. Obviously, we're going to get a more in-depth when I go over teams and what can they do to improve. And I'll be giving you guys an individual episode on every team. So I hope you guys would like that type of content. But when we get to the Wizards, I do think that this is a preview. I think the Wizards are a team that can sneakily be a playing team. I think everyone has them slated to be bottom of the East, but I think if their health is on their side, their guys are developing the way that they are, I don't see why they can't be a playing team. Next is Chris Middleton. Now, Chris Middleton, he opted out, as I reported on the first pick pod, Instagram and Twitter, but I do think that he, I did think at the time he opted out for more years guaranteed, and that's exactly what he did. He opted out of $40 million, which is damn near a lot, but he signed for a guaranteed three years, $100 million. So he took off that one year to get an extra two, and I think it's going to work out fine. I thought that they were going to be capped out at Middleton and Brook, but we'll get to Brook a little later. But yeah, I mean, he, he ended up staying. And I mean, last year wasn't really an indicator on how good or bad that team was. Middleton was injured a lot, and I think Middleton is a big piece of what they do. Now, do I like that they're paying a 31-year-old Chris Middleton for three more years and he'll end that contract at around 34, 35? Probably not, but I think his game relies so much on skill rather than athleticism that it'll it'll translate pretty well. Next is actually the first signing in free agency. It was a re-signing of Draymond Green, four years, $100 million. Now, Draymond is 33, but... He's just a guy that I never thought was leaving Golden State. Yes, there was rumors of him taking meetings with the Kings. The Grizzlies opened up room for him. The X team opened up stuff for him. And I think, you know, he's just one of those players that you like. And if he's on your team, you love him. If you're playing against him, you hate him. And I think he does all the little things for Golden State. Now, do I think Golden State's championship window is slowly closing? I think it's already closed. I think that last one was their... Real last one with that core group, unless something really shakes up over there. They're having a really bad free agency. We'll get over to who they signed after Draymond Green, but it's not looking too hot. But, you know, I feel like this is one of those contracts where maybe he's not worth $100 million, But, I mean, he's helped you win so many championships, got you to so many finals that you just kind of give him that contract. Next is Jakob Pertl. Ended up staying with Toronto, four years, $80 million. Now, this is just a contract I feel is, is it's a good one. I think you gave up a first for him at the trade deadline last year, and I think you had to do everything in your power to keep him and retain him, and you see him as your center of the future. Although I do think that Toronto really doesn't have a sense of where they're going. They're really stuck in the middle, which I've mentioned on previous pods is the worst area to be in the NBA. 
you're stuck in purgatory. You're either really, really good or really, really bad. And I feel like they're that dead set in the middle team. They're not winning the playoff series, but they're not going to secure a top six seed. They'll probably be in the plan, probably losing the plan, and then they're going to end up with a really bad pick in the draft. I mean, it's a good move for now. I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved a year or two into this deal. It wouldn't shock me. Next is Dylan Brooks, who actually signed yesterday. Dylan Brooks is on the move to Houston from Memphis. Everyone had him slated to go to the Wongdong Tigers and... Look at him here, a four-year, $80 million deal. Now, he's 27, so I do like that. I do think that he can add to a team. Now, I do think, was he over-exaggerated in Memphis, and he did the most at times where he probably shouldn't have? Probably. But I do think that Houston is really in look for a total reshape of their culture, and I think Dylan Brooks is a good fit there. I think $20 million annually is pretty steep. But as I mentioned, you have to use $90 million of your money somewhere in free agency. And this is a prime example of using that money elsewhere. He's a player that really just gets added defensively. And I think Houston really needed that more than ever. You worry about the shooting, but obviously with a coach like Ime Udoka, defense is going to be a number one priority. Fred Van Vliet's even a good defender. Defense is obviously a priority. And then the shooting comes after. So you just hope that his shooting comes back to form over there in, in Houston. Next, we have Max Truths signing a four-year, $63 million contract. Now, I just love this for Cleveland. Yes, he's on the shorter side. He's around 6'4", maybe 6'5". But he can play that wing position for you. He's just coming off a finals run. He's just someone that's pretty reliable throughout the regular season. $15 million a year annually is a great contract in this CBA. I do think that you do question his shooting in the finals. He shot, I think, 30 to 31% from three in the finals. So he has cold stretches. But, I mean, still, I think it's a great get for them. And that's all I got to say for that signing. Next is Herb Jones. He opted out, but to sign a longer-term contract, not really much to talk about. Four years, $57 million, I think great value contract. He's defensive player of the year potential, defensive team potential, so I like this move for the New Orleans Pelicans, locking him up long-term. Next, we got two signings from the Lakers. We got Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Rui is at a three-year $51 million, so that's going to give him around $17 million annually. And we got Austin Reeves at a four-year $56 million contract, so that extra year. I love both of these moves for L.A. Rui Hachimura showed a ton of promise in the playoffs. was oftentimes their third or fourth best player in that run. They signed him pretty early into free agency. They did not let anyone throw an offer sheet at him. And I just think it's a good place for him. I could see him starting, coming off the bench. I think he's just a perfect player for L.A. He's good size. He's a good shooter. It's a good fit. Austin Reeves, though, I feel like it's the steal of the contract of free agency. Austin Reeves at a four-year, $56 million deal, getting paid $14 million for the next four years. Last year's a player option of that deal, though, but I just think Austin, he's 25. The contract ends at the best years of his career at 29, 28, even if he opts out the year earlier. I just think this is a perfect contract for him. The development that he's shown from year one to year two is tremendous. And he's probably going to take another leap. He's playing in Team USA this this offseason. I just feel like the only way is up for here for Austin. And I think that for getting him for a contract at $14 million annually, you can't ask for anything better if you're LA. No team threw an offer sheet at him, so LA got to sign him to their max. 
Remember in the past podcast, I mentioned the possibility of a team throwing a four-year, $100 million contract at him, and the first two years would be set at $12 million, and then the contract would jump to like $30 million for years three and four. But LA had to avoid that, so lucky for them, they just keep Austin at a $56 million rate, and great move for them. Next, we got Dante DiVincenzo. He left the Golden State Warriors, and he went to the New York Knicks on a four-year, $50 million deal. I love this move for the Knicks. I think he is also a Tom Thibodeau player. I think he links up with his boys from Villanova, Jalen Brunson, and also Josh Hart. So it's just a great move for them, and I really like that. I'm Essentially, it's kind of like their mid-level exception, and I feel like that's a great move. I really, really like that move for them. Good job. Next is Brooke Lopez, a guy that I thought was really on the move for the bag, but he ended up staying with the contender and keeping the bag. He's 35. He got a two-year guaranteed $48 million deal. Now, do I think paying a 37-year-old, almost going to 38, 24 million, that's not named LeBron James a lot? Yeah, that kind of is a lot, but I mean, he was second in defensive player of the year. He's a good floor spacer. He doesn't provide too much attention on offense you kind of can just kick it out to him and yeah I, I really like this fit for him and great job Milwaukee for retaining him next we got Bruce Brown Jr now this is a guy who was linked to a ton of teams even the Lakers at one point signing for their mid-level exception but he ended up taking a huge bag a two-year 45 million dollar deal now the last year of that deal is partially guaranteed I want to say it's an option so really that first year he's getting paid 22 million but for a guy like Bruce Brown who no one wanted him last free agency to being a key porting role in a championship team for getting 22 m's that's fantastic on Twitter throughout his career I saw a tweet where it said he got paid like 17 million his whole career and now in one year he's getting paid 22 million so get the bag man enter free agency next year cuz Indiana's probably not going to be good in the in this year they'll be a playoff team I do think they'll be a playoff team but I mean any noise you're going to need a lot of development from those guys in order to make any real sort of noise now I do think Indiana wants to win so this is a good signing for them and i like the fit so good job bruce brown get that bag young man next we got d'angelo russell signing for relatively low he signed to a two-year 37 million dollar deal that pays him around 18 million so less than 20 talk about killing your value in the playoffs you got a guy like rui hachimura who went for a couple of seconds in the trade deadline basically went for scraps and he rose his value all the way to three years 51 and now a guy like D'Angelo, who was getting $30 million, and before he wasn't going to get 30 but he was looking at something like 20 to 25 Now he's down below 20 Now, I do think it's a great get for the Lakers. I think you have to remember for the first two playoff series, he played amazing for them. And just this free agency class, like I mentioned in the last episode, it's pretty weak. There wasn't a lot of talent. But I do think $18.5 million for D'Angelo. Player option next year, so you can opt out if he thinks that he's worth more next year. But this is really a prove-it deal for yourself. Prove that you're not the player you were in the Western Conference. And I think he can easily do that. Because I think he played beyond terrible. And I think him just raising that value a little more, he easily gets over $20 million next offseason. So I like that for the Lakers. I like that for D'Angelo. Great job. Kobe White re-signed with Chicago. Really didn't stay that long in the market. Three years, thirty-three million. It's a good contract, eleven million. He showed that a real shooting ability. 
this season, and I really do like that for a team that needs a point guard because Lonzo Ball is probably hurt. Kobe White is great. They lost Patrick Beverly as well. Kobe White can step in there, knock down some shots, and I'm expecting a big jump from him usage-wise. So I like this move for them. Next, we got Gabe Vincent. He left the Miami Heat for the Los Angeles Lakers. A three-year, $33 million deal, basically using LA's mid-level exception that they freed up. And I mean, I love this signing for LA. He's a proven guy in the playoffs. As I mentioned just a couple guys ago, D'Angelo Russell, really poor playoffs. Gabe Vincent, complete opposite. One of the best playoff runs we've ever seen. From undrafted to getting $33 million. Great job, Gabe Vincent. I think he is the ultimate winner of this list that I've named so far also. Just great job. Really, really good. Next is Karis LeVert. Stayed in Cleveland. Two years, $32 million. I think Cleveland's just trying to retain talent. Now, I do think re-signing him and getting Max Drutz really did help you guys. So great job on that end. Really good signing for them. Next is Jock Landale, whose offer sheet was revoked, which he was a restricted free agent, and then he got it taken away, so he became an unrestricted free agent. And he went from Phoenix, who I thought he would have been a great fit in Phoenix. He went from Phoenix to Houston on a four-year, $32 million contract. That's amazing for him. I think $8 million annually for a guy that's a really solid backup center, he doesn't expect a lot of minutes behind Shangun, but when he's given minutes, he's extremely capable. Great move for Houston. One of their moves that I'm in favor for. It's, it's a really nice move for them. Next, the Cleveland Cavaliers grab another wing. They grab Georges Niang from Philadelphia on a three-year, $26 million deal. Great move for Niang. Uh, he's a catch-and-shoot guy he plays decent defense and putting him in that Cavs locker room where they need wings I think perfect perfect fit next is Dennis Schroeder Dennis saw the Lakers got Gabe Vincent quickly went to go get another contract signed to Toronto's mid-level exception a two-year 25 million dollar deal and for a guy who lost the bag a couple off seasons ago to get a contract like this signed a veteran minimum last year basically almost out the league played his way back into the league 25 million guaranteed Perfect. Great job for Toronto. You do question, where do they go? Are they going to tank? Are they going to be really good? They're not going to be really good, but they're also not going to tank. So they're also stuck in that mediocrity. But, I mean, Dennis Schroeder's a really good point guard for that. And I think he can average a solid 10 to 15 points per game in Toronto, probably be their starting point guard. And I really like this fit for them. Next is Joe Ingles from the Milwaukee Bucks securing the bag at Almost 36 years old. He'll be 36 when the season starts. And he got a two-year, $22 million deal. Now, as I mentioned, teams have to waste 90% of their money. So who else to throw it to them? Then Joe Ingles, right? But I mean, I like the fit. He's an older veteran that can fit in and teach those young guys the ways of the NBA. They have Paolo. They got a bunch of new rookies, Jay Howard and stuff like that. Joe Ingles come in 20 minutes max a game hit a couple shots, but more of a mentor role. I mean, he's really getting the best bag available, and you can't knock him for it. Next is Javon Carter for signing a three-year, $20 million deal with the Chicago Bulls. He's getting around $6 million annually, and I mean, it's a good move. I like it a lot. I think he's a pesky defender. I think for a team that when they had Lonzo at the helm and wasn't injured for playing defense and passing, Javon Carter's kind of giving you that defense, that passing, you question a bit, but I mean, his shot making and his defense, you're getting that in Javon Carter. So I think Chicago does think that they're going to be a really good team. They re-signed Nikola Vucevic. 
to a pretty big deal. So I think they do want to compete. I think they're in the last year of the deal with DeMar DeRozan. They want to show Zach Levine that they are serious about winning. So Devon Carter, really good piece for them. Next, restricted free agent, Trey Jones, re-signed with San Antonio on a two-year, $20 million deal. Would I wish that they signed him to a longer-term deal? Probably. He could have been your point guard of the future. He showed a lot of promise last year. But two years, $10 million, can't knock it. Next is Trey Lyles. Stayed in Sacramento, two years, 16, $8 million annually. Great bench piece for them. Good job on re-signing him. Maritz Wagner stayed in Orlando, two years, 16. Same as Trey Lyles. Great contracts, great contributors off the bench. Next, we got Dwight Powell. Ended up staying in Dallas, three years, 12 million. Pretty good, less than 5 million annually. I like that for them. Next is Reggie Jackson, who I was actually pretty surprised that Denver brought back. They didn't really give him any burn in the playoffs. Two years, $10 million. I mean, $5 million is fine, but I think Denver is actually a pretty big loser in free agency. They lost Jeff Green. They lost Bruce Brown. But, I mean, they got good talent in the draft, and they lost also Thomas Bryant, though. But, I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson's fine. I think he can be a solid role player off the bench for them and provide solid minutes. So I, I like that for them. Next is Shake Milton going to Minnesota on a two-year $10 million deal. He went from Philly now, I do think Shake Milton needs to find himself again. I think he was a really good player a couple years ago, and then he kind of hit this wall. So you hope that finds it again in Houston. In Minnesota, good bench piece for them. I really like this. Next is Seth Curry going from Brooklyn to Dallas on a two-year $9.3 million deal, basically their biannual exception at $4 million a year. Now, I don't know what's up with Seth Curry and always going back to Dallas, but, I mean, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Just don't complain when they trade you. But I do think that's a Curry good piece. You get a ton of open looks next to Kyrie and Luka. And I, I really like this fit for them. He's, he's going to be a really nice player for them. Next, we're going to be doing kind of a rapid round because these are basically guys that signed for the minimum. Guys that, you know, we can kind of gloss over. We'll give something quick about them. And that's kind of it. So without further ado, let's get this started. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two years, $9 million. Great get. Troy Brown Jr., two years, $8 million. Really good get. For himself and for Minnesota, Miles Bridges, qualifying offer, signing for 7.9. He's asked to serve the rest of his suspension in games. But besides that, he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year. So we'll see what happens with that. Russell Westbrook stayed with the Clippers two years, 7.8 million, basically 8 million, getting paid almost less than nine. But good job for Russell finding a home that he really likes. Kevin Love staying in Miami on a two-year $7 million deal, getting paid around three. So we got a little bump from his veteran minimum last year. Like this fit over there in Miami. Derrick Rose going from New York to Memphis on a two-year $6 million. Also, again, a little higher than the veteran minimum. Joss serving that suspension. They're going to need someone to play some point guard. Derrick Rose can come in there, play a couple games for them, and then be a mentor for Jaw when he comes back. Eric Gordon, tremendous get for the Phoenix Suns. Left the Clippers, was waived by the Clippers, signed with the Phoenix Suns on the veteran minimum. Great deal for them. I love that for them. Jeff Green, as I mentioned earlier, Denver to Houston on a one-year $6 million deal. Great get for Jeff Green. Uh, he'll just be a veteran for Houston, pretty much. Josh Richardson signed a two-year $5.9 million deal with Miami. Great move for them. Damian Lee stays in Phoenix. Thomas Bryant goes from Denver to Miami on a two-year $5 million deal. So good job for Thomas Bryant. Now, a lot of these two-year deals, as I'm mentioning them, they do have options in them. I don't have that type of information right here with me right now, but you kind of think so with these guys that are signing these smaller-term contracts. It's more of a prove-it deal. Drew Eubanks, another veteran minimum guy, two years, 
2.5 million, great get for Phoenix. Kata Bates Diop, a really, really good get for Phoenix. Two-year, $5 million contract. Really love that get for Phoenix. O'Shea Percet goes from Indiana to Boston. Really nice get. Cam Reddish goes from Portland to LA. The Lakers get a young guy that they can re-up his value. He was a high pick. Really good upside. You also get Jackson Hayes, same draft class, a couple of picks before Cameron Reddish. Another really, really good guy from New Orleans to L.A. Ty Jerome left Golden State, went to Cleveland. Really good guy for Cleveland. Good backup point guard. Tayshawn Prince signed L.A.'s biannual exception, going from Minnesota to L.A. They get a wing, 3 and D guy. Hits a really good clip of his three-pointers. Played with D'Angelo. Played with Vanderbilt. He's going to be seamlessly fitted into L.A.'s system. DeAndre Jordan ends up staying with the Denver Nuggets. Great gift for them. Patrick Beverly goes from Chicago to Philadelphia. Now, is Philadelphia going to be a contender once training camp comes around? We'll see what happens, but I'm not so sure. Alex Len stays in Sacramento. Cody Zeller goes to New Orleans. Justin Holiday goes from Dallas to Denver. Great move for them. Corey Joseph, a guy that went from Detroit to Golden State. Golden State having a really bad offseason because this is their only signing other than Draymond. And they still have a ton of holes to fix unless they magically think that just running it back with the same squad and adding Chris Paul is going to help them. I don't think that's going to help them a lot. Chemezi Metu, Phoenix guy, great get for them. Dennis Smith Jr., Charlotte to Brooklyn, amazing prove-it deal. Josh Okoge stays in Phoenix, big get for Phoenix. I really, really love that for them. Utah Watanabe, another great get for Phoenix. Brooklyn to Phoenix. Gonna go there, shoot a really high percentage of threes. He's a wing. Really love that fit for them. Lonnie Walker from LA to Brooklyn on a prove it deal. Lonnie Walker, he was a big part of LA's rotation, looking like a multi year contract was ahead of him. And then he ended up playing really not playing bad. He kind of just got out of the rotation and there was no minutes for him. So he ended up signing a deal with Brooklyn. Hopefully he gets minutes over there. And Orlando Robinson ends up staying in Miami on a $1 million contract. Now, we went over. Pretty much everyone that's been signed. Now there are guys who haven't been signed and they need to be signed. And we'll just go over the top 10 guys that are free agents and what's going to happen with them. We got Malik Beasley waived by the Lakers. Didn't get picked up his team option. It's looking less likely that he's going to be back in LA. He's a good shooter. Any team that needs shooting, Malik Beasley can be a great get for them. Will Barden was with Toronto. I would be surprised if he gets picked up at this point of his career. He's 32, almost 33, relied heavily on athleticism. Doesn't really have that anymore. I do think that he's a good player nevertheless, and he can get signed somewhere, hopefully. Christian Wood, I think, is the biggest name in free agency left. Uh, the market's really dried up, though, so I would not be surprised if Christian Wood signs a veteran minimum deal with a contender and proves it that he's a really good player, and then next year he signs a really good deal. So I think Christian Wood... Could be in line to be the next surprise. Kelly Oubre Jr., another guy who I would not be surprised if he signs for a veteran minimum somewhere. Tremendous value. Mo Bamba. Uh, it's been rumors of him going back to L.A. L.A.'s in look for a center. Mohamed Bamba stayed with the team. I think there's a good chance he can come back. Dario Sarek. It was really weird because there was rumors of him already kind of committed to sign to Golden State. But here he is, still a free agent. So I think that's a little weird. Mason Plumley, another one of the top free agents left. Another guy who I do think will be taking a minimum contract, Hamadou Diallo. Another guy I do think is a really good player. Surprised why he hasn't been picked up. Kendrick Nunn. I mean, he had a really bad couple years, but I do think someone needs to take a flyer on him. Tory Craig, a guy that I think definitely needs to be signed. I think it's just a matter of where, not when or if. Tory Craig is just a phenomenal talent, and I think he's a really good player on a contender. Nevertheless, though, that's 
the general idea of free agency. I want to give this time to kind of let you guys soak in because that was a lot of information. But I want you guys to just think, how did your team do? Did you guys sign the player you really wanted? Are you hoping to sign any of those top 10 guys that are still available? You know, and I'll keep you guys posted on where those guys end up signing on my Instagram at the first at the underscore first pick pod and on the Twitter. Obviously, Twitter's acting up a bit. We hope that gets fixed soon. But follow the Instagram for consistent content. So follow that, please. I'll let you guys know where your favorite players sign. I'll let you guys know the newest rumors. Obviously, we have rumors of James Harden requesting trades. We have a rumor of Damian Lillard finally requesting a trade. We got a little into that this episode. But we're going to be going over more of assuming the trades don't go down and there's still rumors, or even if the trades do go down, this we will be talking about those players and those trades and on the episode that's coming out on Wednesday. So I really hope you guys are looking forward to that. We're going to be basically doing another rumor mill episode. I hope you guys are going to enjoy that. I hope you guys are looking forward to that. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for giving me a listen. Remember to give this a five-star rating, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Give it a five-star. Recommend it to your friend. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, please give us a subscribe and put on the notification so you guys can let us know what we need to do to make this episode and podcast just a better platform. I encourage communication between me and you guys. So if you guys have questions of free agents, you guys have tips to make this show uh, 10 times more better. I'm so open to that. So please just make sure to remember, recommend it to a friend and just keep listening. I really do appreciate you guys. And this is a fun thing that I've been doing and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I can think of a million other things that I'm going to be doing on this podcast. And I'm just really excited to share it with the world. And I thank you guys so much for writing this journey with me. Anyway, this has been the First Pick Podcast episode review of free agency hope you guys really did enjoy anyway peace